Welcome to the Light the Sky podcast, where we go album by album, track by track, through some of the greatest discographies that have ever crossed the uh, the channels on our speakers, the needle on our turntable playing the greatness, just thumping through some of the uh, what is well known to be, um, it's a well-acclaimed album, uh, the second album from The Police. Kevin, I'm going to have you say the title because you speak a little French and because I'm just tired <laughs> of their titles already, Kevin. This album is called Regatta de Blanc. Though Which, I don't believe it's actually, yeah, I don't believe it's actually a French term. Like de Blanc is sure, but uh, it's white. Is this a little Franglish or whatever we call it? <laughs> Stupid sting. <laughs> well, it is 1979, and things I guess are just will just escape the notice of the public a little bit more back then. But uh, we know that this is a highly acclaimed album, and that this is uh, really just the, the follow up to their debut, Outlandios, Outlandos, Diomor. Outlandos, <laughs> Diomor. It's all right. Don't feel bad. Uh, yeah, just just <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll skip that one. But next album is called Six Pack. That one I can say. But uh, yeah, the, the premise of the show really <laughs> is that uh, none of us grew up with this music, so it's all interesting, uh, you know, to us, all new perspective for for us. And I have never listened to this album before. I've obviously heard the huge hit, and let's see what I, each of us think. It's a show of opinions, and uh, we've been rolling so far with a positive review on the first album, and let's see where this album lands. Uh, does it stand up to its acclaim? Does it do the uh, the, the first album justice? Uh, always a tough thing to follow up with a good debut, can make or break a band, and uh, is it, um, well, Rolling Stone listed this on its 500 greatest albums of all time, so uh, I think it was like 350 or something like that, so, well, well, let's see if it holds up to that. Kevin, what are your thoughts on Regatta de Blanc? Yeah, right away, I was impressed and disappointed with this album at the same time. So it's like one of those two steps forward, two steps back situations. <laughs> I think I read that they didn't have a lot of time with this album. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong on that. And they were just pulling ideas from everywhere. Sometimes I will say it feels like that. And sometimes I'm absolutely blown away with that. I'm going to go a little low with the expectation that I may bump up higher. Uh, and just put it that way. Maybe some arguments will convince me, you know, depending on what other people have to say about the songs. I'm going to start with a six, uh, but that that's where I'll lie right now and, and see how things shake out. There's nothing wrong with a good, healthy six. There's some no. optimism in a six. Alex, <laughs> what are your thoughts? That's Yeah, that's wild that we have such similar opinions on this record because... <laughs> Uh, you know, I've always loved this album cover so much, and I, a lot of times, a lot of my favorite albums um, become my favorite albums because of the album cover. I have some kind of visual to attach to the music. Uh, for example, the band The Outfield, the reason I like a lot of stuff so much is the album covers are so cool to me, and it just bumps up the, the music. Um, so yes, on this one, I knew uh, at least three of the four singles. Um, but I am in agreement with Kevin. Um, you know, some of the reviews I heard on this were that the production is better, and some people say it's more focused. 
Um, I will agree on that, but I feel like there's more filler here. I feel like there was more diversity and more just kind of goofiness and excitement and earworms on the first record. Uh, so I'm going to go with a six and a half out of 10. I think uh, the second half of the record, even though it has one of my favorite police songs on it, uh, there's quite a lot of filler on this one. So uh, yeah, maybe it'll go up, but six and a half out of 10. Yeah, with 11 tracks, uh, kind of unusual for the era. I mean, I, we're still in the 70s, but this is at the tail end of the 70s. But, uh, you know, what happened to those nice quick Queen records with those, uh, you know, those, I guess they were pretty consistent with their 10 record, or their 10s too. But, uh, yeah, I, it, you definitely can't, um, you know, it's hard to argue that, that 11th song is needed. Uh, Chris, your thoughts? Um yeah, it's funny. We're all kind of aligned, though. I might give it a little. I was kind of in the six camp when I on my first listen, but uh, after listening to it quite a few times, actually, uh, it did go up a little bit for me. Um, I will say, yeah, it didn't. I didn't get that initial wow factor, though, like I did with the first record, where it's like, oh wow, that's really neat. I wasn't expecting. Where here, it's kind of like, okay, it's it's that that's that first album with. But it's in a, you would think, OK, it's got the the sound is better. It's got the bigger budget, uh, more produced, but it just doesn't. It feels like the muscle that they tried using here is wasted, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah, there is a lot like it sounds really good, but sometimes yeah, the songs don't necessarily hit like they should. It's like, man, if they would have had if they were able to keep the momentum from the first record as far as the quality of songs through an entire album with, of course, I mean, there's always a song here or there that doesn't work. Uh, but, uh, but at least with that one, there was a freshness to it and, uh, and the hooks were a little bit stronger. Um, and also this album, and again, I love dark albums, but, uh, as dark as this is, it still didn't re- resonate like a lot of other dark albums have for me. Uh, and sadly, uh, like the, by the, like the last three or four songs, yeah, the album just runs out of steam for me. And I really had a hard time kind of trying to remember that. Uh, I will say very strong side side one and a very kind of uh, side two. I don't know if you guys agree with that, hmm. but uh, uh, but uh, yeah. As far as my score, um, yeah, I'm not gonna go as low as you guys did. I'm probably gonna start at a, I guess a seven out of ten. I might go up or down. I don't. We'll see what happens. Well, um, I, I, there's not a whole lot to add that hasn't already been said. Um, you know, we don't need four reiterations of the same opinion, but you know, <laughs> my one statement was uh, that half of this is throwaway filler and half of this is the future of rock. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot oh, yeah. in this that you can hear, you know, yeah. some things that I'll throw in that it's just like, oh, wow that's this album yeah, five years later you yeah. know even as far as my favorite decade the 90s in terms of just some of the <laughs> musical influences on this like there's some there that's a straight out of like you know smash mouth or whatever um that just gonna get it really pulls you into it kind of was takes you out of the 79 and throws you into you know four or five years later which is really i mean is that ever a bad thing for a band like is that ever you know something that you could take a band and just say Eh, you know they were just too early for their time. No, they were they were they were setting trends, and people were right. obviously listening to them and following that. So right. uh, I do <laughs> I do agree that um, there seems to be something lacking in the personal connection to this album. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like you need some kind of good memory, some kind of good time, you know, something to go along with this 
to really make it that, you know, Rolling Stone great record. I'm just not feeling it as a great record. You know, I, maybe I just need to experience it along something else. You know, if you're graduating high school in 1979 and you have lots of summer nights listening to this with the T-tops off and the windows down and, you know, like all that, you know, that, that, yeah. that, you know, American <laughs> graffiti, you know, stuff that, you know, doesn't really happen anymore. That, that that's the kind of thing I could see why you could really, you know, appreciate this album from both sides. But as far as a musical, you know, the musical hooks in here, you know, I mean, the, the hit is the hit and, you know, kind of another 90s thing where the hit is right up top and uh, <laughs> that <follows with> some <laughs> weirdness. So, yeah, a little, uh, I guess, um, preview of how the CD era would go here in 1979. But um, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to start positive on this. I'm going to follow Chris and give this a seven. Kevin, let's start off with the hit message in a bottle. think that it's safe to say that we've heard this song before uh, <laughs> as a group. I, I really I, hadn't heard Roxanne before, but, you know, <laughs> sue me. But I remember experiencing this one way back on a friend's uh, Xbox 360 Guitar Hero, actually. It was <laughs> when I really remember this. But anyway, forget all of that. Um, I will say that this time listening to it through and actually a lot of this album that I've come to have an appreciation for how good Stuart is as a drummer and the energy he brings. And I, that's not something I ever cared or noticed when I heard this hit before. So this time I'm glad I was able to listen to it with those kind of ears and notice those kind of details because it really like made me tune into this song where I might, might've just been like, Oh yeah, I know this song. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that for sure. And mm-hmm. I, I believe, I don't know if this is ruining Chris's trivia ahead of that section, but uh, I, I think that I read somewhere that this is Stuart Copeland's favorite track that he ever put together. Uh, hmm. I believe it was Stuart. I know there was another one where um, Andy Summers, uh, yeah, maybe he said that too. Um, yeah, maybe maybe maybe, maybe Summers said that about but the yeah, track. Yeah, Mark, you don't have to worry. Yeah, that wasn't a trivia question, so <laughs> yeah. I but thought there, it was too obvious, a, yeah. yeah. And I would, Kevin played it a little bit. I think, but it, here, I think it was Andy Summers' favorite track, but this is uh, Stuart Copeland's favorite police album. Okay. Hmm. I mean, there's, there's, you can tell that they, this, you know, this all comes together. What can you say? It obviously worked in many right. ways, but one little subtle way that I discovered, uh, in liking this song was the secondary guitar line that runs over the pre-chorus yep. and the chorus mm-hmm. there. Oh. It's so, and talk about the future. We're not going too far in the future, but just a little few, a few steps ahead to Mark Knopfler and Dire Straits. I, I love that here at 122 or 118 here, just that. 
right here. I mean, it escaped me a million times yeah. hearing that on the radio, but just hearing that that over the second part of the chorus, just hearing that that hmm. that guitar line over it, it just adds so much to me for the song. It's just a, a beautiful little line that they wrote in there that, you know, I, I had never heard before. And now I'm going to have to take a listen to the drums. <laughs> like yeah, that, yeah, that's not a part I was thinking of that you were mentioning, but I remember... Uh, Maybe like a year or so ago when I was like really diving into Annie Summers playing, I was watching, you know, various gear videos and like interviews with him on how like what kind of equipment he used, what kind of pedals and like what his amp rig and stuff was back then. And there's a video on YouTube of a guy. I think he's I think this is the video. I might be wrong, but it's like it was like a $50 piece of gear that was like the key to his his sound and it was uh it was like the mxr dynacomp compressor and i think he kind of shows off that by playing this song and one thing i never really thought of there's two guitar lines going during that main riff one is like an octave uh of the other one and it's something that you don't really think about and obviously when he plays the song live, I think he's only playing like one form of that. Mm -hmm. But if you listen to it, it's like a higher like harmony or an octave part where it's mixed like just low enough where you can barely hear it. And I think that's cool how well that's lined up. But yeah, I mean, a, a single, uh, maybe I'm a little more tired of this one compared to like Roxanne or some of the ones off the first record. Um, but it, it's a classic. And yes, yeah, Stuart's drumming is so good. The way that... You know, I feel like a lot of drummers eventually got really big into kind of writing on a crash cymbal or a right cymbal to really occupy a lot of space. If anything, he's way more tighter with his playing where it's a lot more closed hi-hat and a lot more playing on the bell yeah. that lets, lets a lot of things breathe more. It's You don't have this washy ride or crash cymbal that's kind of covering all the other it's instruments. It's very tight. It's very tight yeah. where you can hear everything. Yeah. And all that little snare roll right before it goes into the message. And it's so good. So and even yeah, during that song. chorus part where he's doing some of the hi-hat and stick, you know, yeah. Yeah. on what the snare, great it's just great. That uh -huh. can play with a, uh, to a musician's ear, they can hear those things. But to somebody who just likes the song, it just works too. It can work on both levels. It's not right. it's almost too subconscious. Busy. You, you know, it's mm -hmm. there. You know, if it wasn't there, you would. Yeah, you, you wouldn't. Uh, you'd probably notice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. This, again, this yeah. is one of those songs where just again, we're just to show how tight of a band they were. I mean, it's almost like a dance between the three members here. Very tight, almost like they're kind of spinning. Yeah, around. Yeah, it's very very interesting. I always uh, yeah appreciated this, and it was funny. I, I learned something. Um, I was watching the making of Hysteria. And uh, Phil Collin was talking about, um, I, th I think what he said was yeah, that that main riff was the his inspiration for uh, the God Gods of War, of War, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that song has a much more deeper kind of thing for me as a guitar player. But uh, I could see it, though. It's like, yeah, they really kind of went. Yeah. You were able to use that weird little line to its. Yeah. Right. Really which is a, a, a totally different kind of feel in terms of oh, song. Great. But if you so, slow so, it down yeah. a little bit, you like, oh, yeah, that is kind of that arpeggiated. Yeah riff that's going uh, on. Uh, there we go. You'd have to go to the verse, I think. The, the verse you'll hear. Okay. We can just listen to this. Just sit back and listen. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. 
Yeah. Yeah. Got, I, those got, I, yeah. The future of rock is 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 in this, uh, you yeah. know. And, and I have one more stupid thought to share, um, being <laughs> yeah. that this we are crossing uh, another massive hat, and you know, I like thinking of it. For some reason, I'm thinking of the police in the way that um, I think of Chinese cities in terms of the three majors. There yeah. is Shanghai, Beijing, and Guangzhou. Those are known as the three majors. And with, yeah. with the police, we have the three majors. We have every breath you take. We have Roxanne, and we have Message in a Bottle. And I feel like I feel like Message in a Bottle is like Beijing. It's what it's just big. It's what it pollutes. I don't know. Well, it's, because uh, Shanghai is the money city, and every breath you take is the money one. And Guangzhou is like kind of the uh, the the dirtier one. So that's got to go to Roxanne, right? So, <laughs> Oh, that's uh, some food for thought from uh, our uh, MC there. Yeah. All right. I, I like it. Yeah. I, I think it's time to move on to our title track. Yes, this is the one we've all been waiting for is the future of rock hidden in here. Um, we shall find out with Regatta de Blanc. is the song i was talking about alex that was just etched on the inside of my head a song okay. with no lyrics but eo eo yeah <laughs> but that song was just bouncing around yeah. my head all week and it just sounds like somebody heard some peter gabriel yeah. um to me oh, yeah. there's just a That's lot there and i love the boldness of putting this at number two i, I can't think of that like to, uh, what other record can you think of that had like the the mega hit for the band like the jump or the enter sandman and then it followed up with an experimental track, <laughs> track yeah. just like it's, it's such great boldness i love it right um and and the, the whole song here just sounds to me like the opening track to some kind of funky early 80s movie, like Weird Science or something yeah, like that. Right, like, yeah, it's yeah. just going to be a, a fun point. goof of, of an hour and a half right. with this kind of music. You know, it's funny. I was glad to see that they kind of bounced back from that uh, mess that was Masako Tanga, you know, which was just yes. a rambling. Like, here, like, okay. Yeah, this is okay. They figured out the instrumental track. Okay, they got it. Yeah, it's got some weird little kind of, like, like vocal things going on, but... I, they don't bug me as much. I don't know. It seems like they, and maybe it's the production here, like the OEOs, they sound like, okay, I could see being in an arena. I don't know if they played this when they reunited uh, back in 2007, but I could, this would have been a great kind of. Somehow uh, I doubt it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but again, Mark, you were talking about the influence. I mean, I can hear like the, uh, as far as what would be a big influence on like 80s Rush and early U2, just that kind of. Yeah, it's uh, it's still kind of rooted on the streets, but it's, yeah, but it's got, but it's looking forward. Uh, 
Yeah, comparing you two to Rush, but uh, Rush, you've got. I was listening to those bass lines and those harmonics. Like that sounds like st- stuff that you heard off of the Grace Under Pressure and Power Windows. Just that very kind of a- very ambient kind of. And I know, I mean, Neil had said, I mean that yeah, that the police were an enormous impact on that era. Uh, and I can hear it here because yeah, this uh, it was the year before uh, Permanent Wave. So yeah, you can see. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, so that, weird that how fresh. they were su- such an influence without being so over the top. 80s. No, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's right, it, on, it's right on the like, precipice of different things. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's not necessarily it has its foot in either. It's just creating. Yeah, that's kind of what we've been talking about with this man. The other, yeah, uh, for being yeah. a power trio, they really yeah kind of brought the uniqueness. <laughs> well, I I think it, what what are the gripes that we had with Masoko Tanga is that what it was six minutes long. <laughs> And yeah. nothing happened in it. You know, it's pretty much you, you start at minute one and you start at minute five and you're like, okay, yeah. And you didn't miss much in between. And here they cut it in half. They made it made a little bit more happen here. And mm-hmm. then you're on to the next track and you're like, oh, you know what? That was kind of cool. You have some rock, you got some world influence and then you're done. Like that's all it needed to be. So props yeah. to them from learning from I don't know if they, we yeah, well, we called it a mistake but whatever. Yeah, what's, <laughs> yeah, what's the old adage? It's uh, not what you say; it's how you say it, and that's kind of what this is. Yeah, it's not how much you jam it; it's how what's your how how you deliver. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they in such a weird like like Mark said, it's such a weird little uh, hooky experimental track. And I say hooky too because again, it's got a really cool melodic line. It kind of just. Uh, it's it's funny if there's one thing I can give this album even with all its clips I loved driving home at night listening to this record again it's got that perfect yeah. kind of mm-hmm. yeah I think that was the I think that was when I enjoyed it the most not just sitting here like at home just kind of like really kind of objectively critiquing but just like sitting back and kind of just letting it just play out while I'm driving that's home. what I was talking about my opening yeah. statement that you have yeah. must have to experience this alongside something else mm-hmm. yeah, right, yeah there you go sure yeah and All here's right. a thought too. Um, yeah. Maybe uh, another thing I can think of right now: Van Halen, followed by Three Sixteen. Oh, that's big hit, experimental track, but oh. not the opener. I don't know. Yeah, as much hmm. as I like Three Sixteen, I, I think I think this the title track here. I think is more yeah more interesting. Yeah, more oh, experimental. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's one. Well, might be ruining a uh, trivia question for later, so I won't say it. But uh, this song was uh, definitely applauded. Uh, for a certain award, so I'll just leave it at that. But oh, okay. Mm. I think I know where you're going for that. I don't. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Chris, make sure you ask Mark that question if he needs one to get the way. <laughs> um, let's move on. Track three. It's all right for you. with this song i might need a little help because the only thing i can hear in this song 
is a great punk track. Yeah. If you took the time that you took the tempo up about 150%, you snarled the vocals a little bit more. It would be a great punk song. It's all right for you. It's all right for you and you and you. Like, like you could just hear it driving, but it just yeah, plods like it. Yeah. when you hear that. Like, I want to hear, yeah. Alex, I want to hear your band cover this song. Like, sure. that's what I want to hear. Like, that kind of thing. That kind of treatment to this song, I think, would mm-hmm. just really, it just kind of got this weird, like, foot in two different places. Yeah, it's, it's very much kind of new wave post-punk, but it still has that, yeah, kind of that earlier DNA. Um, yeah, I had I had marked on here at 128 that this sounded like quintessential new wave post-punk as far yeah. as what, what, what that era represented. Yeah, Kevin, can you play that? Yeah, I mean that sounds like yeah. That's like Oingo, yeah. That's like Oingo Boingo. Yeah, uh, the the B fifty twos, like all of that that was coming out of that area. But this sounds like kind of the like the like the the complete kind of yeah. As far as bringing all that together, and you have that. uh, and I know again, it's just kind of like it's a, it's a, it's a deep track, but I think it's one of the better representations of what they were doing in '79, as far as the other what other all ba- similar similar bands were doing. Um, as far as yeah, again, this is this is kind of the door. '79 is kind of the doorway era for walking into yeah, just that new kind of synthy kind of experimental artsy intellectual kind of where whatever we talked about it in the first uh, for the first record, and this is even more so. Uh, but here even more, I mean, again, because now you're bringing in that um, that that slickness that kind of uh, that you kind of started to see in that uh, it's not really dirty anymore. I, I just feel like with some of these tracks and some of these tracks are rooted so in 1979, 1978, 1979, and some of these tracks feel like they're from 1983. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I get like a bit of a bumpy road when we go to some of these. Oh. That sounds really 70s, actually. And then my mind is blown when we're like, I can't believe that this is the 70s. It sounds like straight out of the 80s. And so that's why I'm like this two steps forward, two steps back, because they're halfway in the future. And then, you know, they throw the car when the car is in sixth gear and they throw it straight into reverse. And we're going to yank you all the way back to 1970. Hang on. We're back to 1979, and then you'll throw away. You know, you know they're yeah. they're wrecking the clutch on this yes. album <laughs> because they Ever keep hear dragging about downshift. Us. <laughs> yeah, they keep dragging us from where they are to where they're going, and sometimes it's quite bumpy in between. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, I I mean, you guys know how much I like that first record, and maybe. That's why I don't know if I like this one as much because, like I said, people have said that it's more focused and maybe more mature. And if anything, the songs definitely all sound like they fit together in a cohesive album a lot more than album one, where that one was just a lot of strong songs that kind of worked together, but it was almost more like a great hits almost. It was just kind of like all these great songs thrown in with not really like a, a total vibe or this one has that more but yeah like chris mentioned it, it kind of borrows from the first record where i like a lot and if anything mark mentioned that ooh, regatta de blanc kind of had this like weird 80s weird science uh vibe to it and i feel like if this one this one almost does that a little bit more for me it has like a bit of this whimsical 
kind of feel to it. And yeah, driving I like this one kind of splitting it up because you're not going to get a whole lot of the faster poppy punk stuff like you did on, on album one here. So it's nice when it does pop up here and there. I mean, there's a couple other songs later on record where they do this. They don't know if I like as much like that sort of goofy idea, but this one, I think, um, not that it's a goofy song, but it definitely has more of the kind of fun, kind of whimsical punk vibe versus like the darker kind of proggy new wave reggae vibe. So yeah, I happen to like this one. So it doesn't okay. bother anybody that this song just kind of just feels like it could be a good punk song, but it isn't. <laughs> no, it's not really. Like, like, again, listen again, to that. We didn't play any of the verse. Yeah, Can you yeah, dial it's, up it's, some it's, of the verse? This is kind of, what it, yeah, kind of bringing the end of that. Uh, this is, this is the end of punk and into something else. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a strong kind of post punk or whatever you want to call it, but it's still it, it, it is a good representation of what that uh, that early or late 70s, early 80s sound was. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Again, it's just it's I, a head. It's a head bobber. Yeah, I think I just would have been happier if it had been on the first album instead of some of those three garbage songs. No, on, I, on, I agree. You know. yeah. This this song would have been one of maybe one of the stronger ones on the first album if it was there for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's keep moving on. Uh, bring on the night. influence on early you too you've just got that ambience you've got the kind of simple guitar playing oh. and i and i love it's funny because i use it quite a bit in, on this album they had those harmonics that just fade in and out i don't know why I like it's like there's my warm blanket right there just every moment oh where that, i yeah. had that too warm yeah. blanket yeah warm, warm blanket harmonics yeah I and just, I, now alex's warm blanket oh, it's been a while since we dropped it's that. fall it's <laughs> just, <laughs> turned, um, it's just chilly it's today. funny the, the, i was reading up a little bit on this song because again it sounds like a like oh bring on the night okay we're gonna go we're gonna go partying like uh, again miami vice you're just like on the street or whatever it just has that kind of but yeah when you start reading or like as far as what influenced him it was pretty dark kind of i guess he was reading a like a poem about pontius Pilate. i don't know if it had to do with guilt or if it had to do with like not wanting to face the day or whatever because of what you've done or whatever um and also and i guess this is something that sting took later on um as far as what it kind of made uh, influenced the as far as what he came away from after writing this song what really uh uh, what's the word i'm looking for uh where yeah as far as where his what influenced his uh position on the song as far as the story um mark i don't know as far as how much you because I mean, you read into quite a bit of that stuff. The uh, we have, what was his name? Uh, Gary Gilmore. Do you remember that story? Um, he was the, one of the first uh, convicted murderers who requested being um, uh, executed uh, mm-hmm. by firing squad. 
And mm-hmm. I guess Sting, the, the, that story, I guess it was a huge influence on Sting. Um, hmm. Towards the end, I think when he wrote the song where he kind of thought about it, like when he started playing it live, where he kind of, that, that that story, I guess, made this song take on a whole new life for him. Uh, I was going to include mm-hmm. include that as a trivia question, but I thought it was, I had to talk about it because I thought it was an interesting. So yeah, this song, like is, yeah, this song those, uh... is not necessarily kind of this weird little party reggae song. It's actually got some deeper kind of darker, yeah, mm-hmm. about yeah, not wanting to face yeah the day technically. Yeah, that's because uh, of whatever you've done in your life that you'd rather yeah, bring on the night, bring on the darkness. Yeah, I don't want to face another day. Yeah. Well, it's uh, because this yeah. is not a party band we're talking about. So if we right. had heard a Van Halen song that said "Bring on the Night," you're going to get right. that. You know but what it, you're but getting. But if you get a Queen song like that says that, you know what you're getting. Because it doesn't. It kind of throws you a curveball. Like it gives you a little mm-hmm. bit of kind of yeah, yeah, puts you in a little bit of a discomfort zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's almost it, as if Collings Avenue on Miami Beach, like if that experienced a fall-like breeze, you know, like a yeah. chilly Miami night, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, so this, like this is that, yeah, this but... is a one. Uh, yeah, initially I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of a weird. Like, it should be a lot more energetic, but then I guess you could say it's a stocks on the rise for me. It really, uh, it really kind of. Yeah, once I actually learned the concept of the song and the, uh, it, it really gave, kind of made it its own. Yeah, and talk about a guitar part that is just it yes. sounds just fine, so yeah. but like if you wanted to learn to play that. <laughs> And then keep that up for three minutes. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't, my yeah. wrist is just tired. Yeah, <laughs> just trying to keep up with that and keep it in time. Yeah. It's just a, it, let me just put it this way: it's probably a lot harder than it sounds. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Scott, Scott guitar is not like the easiest thing to play to play it cleanly and get those upstrokes and the in the clamping down with the left hand and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. you could do it sloppily, but to get it mm-hmm. nice and clean like that is you it know, takes skill. Well, even that verse, right, and a lot of muting stuff. Yeah, even that verse um, riff for the court or for the for the song, it's just so on point and it's just so steady. It's just it it almost sounds like a synth in 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 some ways, just because of how smooth it is, which you almost wouldn't think it's a guitar. But yeah. That was Bring On The Night. Let's move on to another cheery sounding song. Um, That's called Death Wish. What do they have in store for us here? Let's find out. harmonics yeah just uh yeah i don't know it's it's like drinking a big glass of lemonade i don't know it just yeah it just fills you up but uh yeah this is a weird uh this is a weird one for me yeah so kevin uh, or mark i'm gonna send a link and i want you to play 
the beginning of this song and this is because this song reminded me of the beginning of like that main riff that goes throughout this yeah where i'm like i wonder if they ripped it from him and made it more of like a uh, like a synth way or a, a new wave uh, yeah yeah it's got that weird kind of yeah. Eric Clapton, Leon, yeah, Sally. Sally. So. Yeah, it's weird. It's like it's it's like the, the the police took that and almost and turned it into a yeah like a again like an early new wave. And I kind of like what the police did a little better actually. That was my point. Yeah, I just I don't know, I like here. It just sounds more more filling. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. That's less weird that you, that yeah you mentioned that because I actually I put a song in the chat as well. There's a a band called the English Beat or the Beat. I guess they also go by. Yeah. Um, they they were big because they had a this song specifically was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This song would have came out a year or two after uh, Death Wish. But if you play both songs, uh, just like the very intro of both songs, you yeah. can hear especially in the drums uh, where the where the beat kind of took influence from this song. I think specifically. Yeah, and, great you know, song. Yeah, it's just like that—that that kind of palm muted guitar and that. Yeah, that's it's kind of really, you know. Oh yeah, the beginning in particular. Yes. Wow, that just—that just sounds like a perfect mix of the English beat and Eric Clapton. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they can hear both sides of it. <laughs> right. But it's weird. But I like. But I like because here it's like maybe it's I don't know if it was because of the uh, uh, the layering, but yeah, just the it just it just has a lot more weight to it. Uh, and being even being a Clapton fan, I like what the police did with it. They just they dressed it up enough where Wait, I but but I didn't really yeah. care. You know, I have an example <laughs> for this that song I too. feel like I don't know if it was the very end where it was like the bump 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 bump. Like I remember the first time I listened to this song, like that part is still going. It seemed like it went it went on for <laughs> for very long. I mean, I do like this one. Like this one kind of grew on me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I remember thinking like, man, that they're it's kind of just the same parts are kind of going on and on here. So trying to change up the beat a bit, a bit, um, you know. And this is one of our most popular comments on our Pink Floyd discography, uh, or with any color you like. But um, yeah, it's a bit um, changeover music. It's a bit uh, intermission. You know, <laughs> keep quiet while the while the stage is changed over. You know, just kind of right. about that. You know, should I get up? Should I go to the bathroom? You know, what should I do? Nah, ah, you know, flip the side over. Let's get to walking on the moon. Yes, let's. We're going to flip the record over. Walking on the moon. Thank you. 
Are you gonna get there first? <laughs> I I sent you guys a little uh little little sound clip the other day of me playing a police uh police song and I had to send you my favorite police song on this record. God, this song is so good. Just the, the vibe and the build of it. Everything about how like clean clean but like there's like this crunch and this snap to his guitar tone when he plays those guitar or plays those chords yeah okay i could hear that too but yeah and then it's almost like the uh the way stewart kind of plays some of those parts where it almost he's i don't think it's echo but it, he's almost like simulating an echo the way he's, he kind of plays on the like the rim of the drum he's almost kind of simulating like an echo without even having to have the effect on and i just think there's such a mood to this song and if anything this song sort of kind of foreshadows where they're gonna go on synchronicity um you know i think you could hear some stuff on like maybe so lonely you could hear on the first record where it's like okay this is going to kind of set the blueprint of where we're going to go next and i think this song even more than message in a bottle kind of um i don't foreshadow sort of the, the way they can you know pull off a vibe and like atmospheric um with like dynamics and stuff really just kind of foreshadows where they're gonna go and i i think this is the most impressive song on the record i love this I love this song um so i'll tell you something a little story here about this song is that we had decided to do the police, right? You know, we had decided that that was, we were wrapping up Queen or decided that this was going to be our next uh, band that we we're going to cover. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, that'd be fun. We'll like, we'll get into it and then dig into it. And I, I didn't think really much of it until we were out in California and San Diego, and we were shopping. There's just like this whole shopping. I don't even all these little shops. It's not like a mall, but there's all these little shops, and all these people are around, uh, right on the bay there. And we're going around, and this song comes oh, on. Okay. Well, we're <laughs> <Come on. laughs> and it, it just got me. All of a sudden, I was pumped to do this band because I knew this song. I knew that it was by the police. I wasn't too like I was familiar with it in that way. But I'm like, I can't wait until we get to this song. I cannot wait because the vibe and everything around it was amazing. It just it just made the song for me. And now, of course, I can't stop thinking about that with that experience. And it's just oh man, the sounds, all of it just comes together for this song. And I could I can't believe like when I heard that. In that like shopping area, I thought, oh, you know, maybe that's what on one of the later albums, you know, maybe that's like that. That sounds like it's 1983, on an album too. 1984. <laughs> no, it's 1979. I can't believe it. Well, you I know why? I cannot believe how brilliant this sounds. It's, you know it's why? It blows my mind still. You know why? Because this is 1984. I mean, it's basically nineteen. Uh, it's basically grace uh, under pressure. Yeah, yeah. And you associate that, that, that with. I mean, it just it just became the definitive sound, and and I was almost shocked at how rushed this sounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, I mean, had like, no like, like you, wow. That's, like I said earlier, geez. I mean, yeah, this you could see how this was an enormous influence on where they went. I mean, literally a year later. I mean, you can hear, yeah, from the reggae to the synth. I mean, and it was great how they did it. They really probably any more than a lot of other bands of that they really transitioned. Uh, 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 transitioned uh, well with it. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. This, yeah, I agree with everything you guys said as far as yeah. Just uh, this is probably my definitive, like one of my nighttime driving songs. Yeah, I mean you can't deny the 
Um, there's one thing that bugs me about it, and I don't know if it's uh, if you guys. I know Alex probably doesn't agree, but uh, there's something in the way that Sting delivers the lyrics that just kind of bugs me. I don't know. It, it, it bugs me on Moon. The way he says moon, yeah, like it's such a yeah, Britishness walking, to yeah, it. Yeah, giant steps are what you take walking on the moon. Uh, there's something <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's, it almost it's, feels it's, like it, it, as mature as this song is from a yeah. sound perspective. It yeah. almost feels like he's still trying to dial in that reggae rock. Uh, right, it's like, I wish he would have just sang it like he did later, like on his solo career, just the, like that that sting vocal that we all love. Yeah, just without all the infle- the like the Caribbean inflections. Like I don't. You didn't need to do that. I mean, this is such a such a well-crafted, just filling song that I think he could have dialed that back a little bit. Uh, and even mm-hmm. that pre-chorus is really where, where it gets into that really, like, major-sounding kind of... Uh, I like it. It's just it's, it's weird how it kind of almost doesn't fit, but it's kind of... It's like it's fucking a very fine line. Uh, but by the time it gets to, you're already into, like, the other... Yeah, it's kind of what you love about this song, so it kind of... Yeah, it, it, it's a weird song. It's, 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 as gr- yeah, it's as great and as... Yeah, it, it, it occupies both sides of the spectrum. <laughs> well, I, I don't know yeah. if I want to ruin this one for Alex either, considering yeah. how much he loves the song. But the song isn't isn't too uh, Sandals resorty for you. No, not at all. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I don't think there's any whimsical or any ch- or any or any cheesy parts to it. I think it's yes, it does. It goes from very kind of dark and minery in the verses, and then of course that's um they say. I mean that does get cheesy or cheesy, yeah. but it gets majory, Major, and I don't think yeah. it. I don't think it ever gets too bright and colorful of sandals for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, yeah I, I think this I, is I don't, perfect. I think for sand, if you're thinking of a sandals commercial, you need to like you know this that helicopter shot over the resort <laughs> that the commercial opens with. Yeah. And when you open. You start this song, you think night oh, yeah, and the stars it, and things. So I don't think it quite but, fits. I mean, that major chorus, it's got that, oh, oh, say. <laughs> you know, it just got that like bouncing from side to side that like, it's a great song. It's just not perfect. It has a few things in there. Right. That just, you know, it is that second album, you know, but type it, of it, maturity. Yeah, it's weird. Like you hear that opening. Yeah. Just that clean kind of, it's like, yeah. Like, and then all of a sudden you kind of get, <laughs> and then you kind of start driving on a little bit of gravel and it's like, okay, right now, man, like, oh man, like that's really kind of weird. And then all of a sudden you get yeah, back to like, it. Like guys, guys, find the road again. Find the road. Yeah. Yeah. The cornfield is not, uh, is not a route. <laughs> yeah. This is also, this is a song that, Honestly, I, I, if I was a drummer, I would like love to see this one come up on the set list. Because even though it's probably not like that, it's not necessarily fast, and you're not really going off, but no, you're it's, kind it's of a, holding that groove, and you get to do a lot of hi-hat kind of right, stick it, work. This, in. This, right. Yeah. You, could, you can really kind of control the room with this song and right. just set the tempo and control the dynamics. So right. this would be fun. Right. Yeah, this is a perfect example of a of it's a it's a song it's it's not it's not a technical song it's not a song to show off it's a song to to deliver the message or to deliver whatever you're yeah nobody's yeah it's uh just a machine working together yeah mm-hmm. nobody's yeah and delivering yeah. it to the tune of 80 million listens on spotify this is the number two song uh wow. is it okay i wonder what number one is no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I hope that's yeah. a if, if you were <laughs> waiting for some goof on this album, you no. maybe got your wish with this next song. Um, or is it all tongue in cheek? This is on any other day. How could you do this to me? My
morning papers and spill my tea. I don't know what's wrong with me. The cups and plates are in a conspiracy. I'm covered in misery. God. You know, yeah, this, let me this... jump ahead because I have a quick comment here. Yeah, it's go just ahead. That yeah. The 90s are so nasty that they travel back in time and infest great 70s <laughs> records. I hate I the 90s. I, yeah, I don't know. That part I, there, like that, I said, that, that, I, that, this song dun, shouldn't dun, work for me, dun. but man, did I just have uh, fun just listening. I mean, yeah, you're not, I can tell you're not hearing the, yeah, songs like this the on the radio right now. Yeah, especially when they, in the main, uh, like, kind of chorus part. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I doubt you're gonna. Yeah, you're. <laughs> I mean, that the whole yeah, thing where he says, "Oh, my son just turned like, out gay or something." Say, I mean, yeah, my fine young yeah. son has turned out gay. Yeah, <laughs> can you imagine writing that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine right? But I don't. But I. That's why I love it. Yeah, just because again, it's kind of a middle finger. I mean, it's not meant to be. But again, this is '79. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This is again. This is tongue in cheek. This is pulling. You know, punches. It's just going. Yeah, it's just going for it. And I just, yeah, I just love the sense of humor. And it's almost, it almost has a weird demo feel to it too. It's just, yeah. I like how I like how they're having fun here. I think there was wasn't there a song on the f- previous record that had that. I think we all kind of complained about. There was some very demo-y sounding. Um, yeah, do you guys remember there was one? Yeah, that just sounded like it shouldn't. Uh, yeah, like it, it was kind of like almost like an outlier. It should have been on like a special edition and not a. Yeah, God, what song was that? Be my girl. Uh, um. Maybe that. The, the, I, the well, I know one. that one. Yeah, that's a little bit kind of similar. Yeah, I guess you could call that the. Uh, even though I liked that one, but uh, yeah, here uh, again, it's just a different side of that. This is less British, and I guess more American, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I, 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 I happened to. Yeah, this this one kind of grew on me as well. Like yeah. towards the end, I ended up liking this one uh, a little bit. Yeah, just kind of you know you got the. I, like I said, it's all right for you. Not to ever say that that was like a goof track, but that was definitely more of like the majory whimsical, like fast punk song on right, side yeah. one if you had to pick one. And I think this song, and there's there, like it's the last song on the record too, is kind of like that too. But this one, you know, I didn't mind as much. Like this is not quite a Peanuts, but if I had to pick like a Peanuts track this of one, this yeah. album, this would probably be it. Mm hmm. I think they do themselves a favor a little bit by, what what is it? They have some like announcement in the end or whatever. Like you're looking for something. I, I don't know. I can just play it's it. The, uh, the other ones are complete bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> like like okay, this is they're not being serious here. It, it's right. kind of like we know it's gonna be a goof. Whereas peanuts, you weren't too sure, and they were kind of being a little bit serious. And yeah. be my girl, Sally went from. You know, cool riff to what that's, on earth is this? Nonsensical you know, British. Uh... Yeah, in the span of two seconds. So, like, right, right away, they're like, hey, by the way, goof song. If you don't like it, tune out for three minutes. Or, you know what? If you don't like it, just take it off the record because there's 11 tracks and there could be 10. <laughs> that's, that's also a Well, that's what the T is for. Well, anyway, let's get on to, is this the last single that we have? The bed's too big without you. I believe this was a single. Um, was it deserving of being a single? Find out.
Yeah, I mean, I really want to hate this song, but there is just something about the way that the guitar and the bass work together in this. You know, if you liked my uh, my Chinese three majors analogy, I'm going to bring one in that's completely different. This reminds me of a mechanical watch movement where you just have, you know, certain parts of the movement that are only triggered mm-hmm. at certain times. And you kind of have the drums that are just kind of keeping the pace. And then you have the and it's just like this, this it's, it is aligned with the, the guitar, a very clean guitar that bass and, and bass guitar and guitar become one. And it just the way it just kind of comes in cycles, just is very yeah, mechanical. It does. It almost, it almost, very, you can, when you close yeah. your eyes, you can almost see like a, some mechanism turning as the, mm-hmm. as that hmm. musical. It's, it's like dark, what you said, yeah. Chris, with, with the band working together, like in a dance, that's, this is a great example of that. It's, it's very dark too. It's probably the darkest I, that I, as far as what I've, encountered in reggae music there's something very kind of uncomfortable about it but uh um uh, i think the song itself has a little bit of uh but i'll uh i'll save that I, i'm just later. not i don't know mark you're not totally selling me on i i, I, I get it i too. get it but it's like four and a half minutes like i'm watching the band dance for four i'm like next i do like it in small kind of for a song that's a single this was the one where i'm like i'm not quite sure why this one was a single and it was weird the fade out at the end goes on for a long time where it fades out and fades in again i was waiting like okay here we go and like okay all the song's almost over and then it comes up again i'm like okay that's um, like I appreciate it, I, I appreciate the musical parts the, themselves, but as far as over almost four or five minutes, yeah. And again, it's a very dark, it's a it's a very dissonant line that good that goes on from. By the time the time it's over, you kind of feel you don't feel too good. <laughs> well, I, I think it, I was, it, it, it's a little uh, nauseating yeah. for sure. Yeah. I was I was waiting for a hook too. No, like we have we have the, the groove, we have everything going. Okay, I like it, I like it, and it just kind of stayed in that same region which i guess goes to your watch movement point it's just gonna keep ticking on until the mm-hmm. end of time yeah <laughs> yeah but it's, yeah as long as you keep yeah. it wound it's gonna keep going but i mean there's yeah i, I mean I, i'm not pumping the tires too much on this song like you know this song <laughs> did take five tries or six tries for me to like finally put some words down in my notes when it came to this song. It's like this song was probably the last one. I got, I got to take some notes on the bed. It's too big with that one. What am I going to talk about? Like the, the humping pillow lyric or something? Like, no, I'm not, okay. So it's got a nice little mechanical watch movement. You know, that's... I just see yeah. you slumped over and you happen to be staring your, at your watch at the same time. You're like, oh, okay, I'll write yeah, I got to write stuff. No, I was, I was working on something today. Like I had been working on it all all day and i had this album on you know just a couple times and i was filling out notes as i went along and i was like this song like i keep passing over it in my notes <laughs> gotta get something for it oh yeah uh, uh on we move we've fallen out of the bed we've made contact <laughs> my good connection on the telephone never lies
Yeah, this is, again, one of those songs where I kept thinking Peter Gabriel. I know, Mark, you mentioned that earlier, uh, especially in the uh, in the chorus uh, where like, when he sings those high notes, it sounds like Peter in his earlier years. Um, but yeah, if, if, as far as a song about contact, if, I, if I'm going to listen to that, I'm here, I'm going to attach something in the uh, uh, in the chat. Yeah, if one of you guys can play this, it's uh, it came out like a year or two later. But yeah, this is a song. If I want, if I want a song about contact and touching, this is it. Peter Gabriel's "I Have the Touch." Yeah. And I think there, I think the word contact, I think, is in that song too. And I think he just does it a lot better. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Sting and Peter Gabriel are lumped together a lot, and I really, you know, I know we're uh, covering police, and you know, there's yeah. a lot of positive things to say about Sting, but he is not in the same tier as Mr. Gabriel. Yeah, I agree. Even though he's, yeah, even though Mr. Sting has sold more records, yeah, this is one of those where, yeah, Peter, he, he, yeah, he's got, he's grabbed our, uh, yeah, he's got, uh, yeah, that important part. He's of us, got yeah. the hearts over it, like he's got the, he's got the touch. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree. Like on first listen, uh, like especially once we were getting, to be honest, kind of after walking on the moon, I was I was having to listen to these songs <laughs> a little bit more to uh, have them grow on me. And I think this one maybe grew on me a little bit more on the last listen um, because I just got sort of it's not quite space and like alien UFO-ish as it could be, but it has a little bit of that. And I don't know if that's kind of the theme of the song. I know there's a movie called contact. And for some reason, I just think of that movie, um, just <laughs> kind of having to do with space and spaceships yeah. and stuff like that. I kind of somehow associate it with this song and I, and I can kind of hear it. And I do appreciate Andy's guitar work on it. Cause it's sort yeah. of weird. It's like not something you would think, I mean, he is a he is a jazz guy, so I, I guess I could see maybe that's where some of his uh, a little bit more I don't, I don't know what the word esoteric or kind of yeah. a little more it, in, intellectual playing. It's very um, clean, yeah, layered. But it's it's weird. But yeah, and this song is the shortest one on the record too, so that's always nice. But yeah, this one uh, kind of let's say sort of attaching it to like sort of like a spacey alien kind of vibe. I'm like, okay, I kind of hear maybe some of the weird. Um, kind of notes in there so yeah but yes i think maybe the second half needs a little needs a little help here a little, little boost <laughs> when, when it yeah, comes Kevin, to yeah, songs Kevin, about can you play touch. the uh, the solo at 146 i thought that was, was kind of a nice uh, little andy summers moment there god i forgot there was even a solo on this song yeah that's yeah, very funny You know, to me, this song feels like one of those songs that they wrote, you know, instrumentally first, and they're like, oh, crap, we need to write some lyrics and melodies to this thing, and just, just like, came up with whatever they had, and then it wasn't memorable, because, like, the music's not bad. Boy, that's that's when I talk about uh, every time I sit down to write a song, (laughs) I got a good four-measure loop. (laughs) Just listen to this. And I love love that second where Sting's just pounding down on on that one string. Yeah, that (laughs) one. When it comes to songs about touch, I say I have to say that my personal favorite might be Dirk Diggler, You Got the Touch. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. (laughs) 
<laughs> one of my favorite movies i love the 90s uh yeah. boogie nights cinematically yeah. <laughs> oh god yeah that was yeah let, let's, that. let's 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 uh, we can tell we're a little uh little floundering here we're having a little too much fun but it's, it's okay. let, let's yeah. let's get over to the creeper staring at people <laughs> before it was really a hit does everyone stare what i like in your wardrobe boy is this some peter gabriel era genesis right here Mm. i got more Mm -hmm. of that mechanical watch movement going on uh with those chords in the in the piano right um and the uh our man stew with the polyrhythm drum mean i love it like i love i love what the song is just the tempo is just built for that and uh, it really stood out to me it just got it's got so much influence from that like that uh, almost or end of Peter Gabriel's reign in Genesis era. And it's got a bit of that goofiness to it, but, uh, you know, that, that's fine. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's holding down the 10 spot on your second album. It can't complain. The right, song yeah, like- is, oh, go ahead, is way too seventies for me. The song is way too seventies well, for 79, me. By 79, I should have been out of the seventies. Yeah. It, it feels <laughs> like that's what I, that's what I can't digest about this album is that there are times when we're like firmly in the 80s there's times when we're firmly in 1970s dying and this sounds like 1973 pop or something and it's just way too like man cut this off your album because it's it's like you should have been doing this five years ago i I will say it's not like it's bad it's just like yeah (laughs) i will say sting kind of saves it because it's weird how the how the song starts out where you've got what is that Stewart starts singing you got this weird kind of like dance hall kind of weird thing and then you have like the weird kind of uh like sound bite of like an opera singer and it's like okay how great is this gonna be like a weird kind of proggy and then sting starts singing and you got the piano going and it's like okay then you got that groove going i'm like okay all right uh and again, I kind of this is another one I read into the as far as the, the story. Another Chris is going to dig yeah. out some deep meaning to this that's going to put us all to shame. No, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> but again, yeah, it's yeah, just again, another. I mean, a lot of these songs deal with like kind of complex kind of critiques on love. Yeah. As far as yeah, the awkwardness of going on dates and yeah, tr- maybe a little simpish, but yeah, trying to measure up to your yeah, and trying to impress the yeah, there's a lot. Of, but I, I appreciated mm-hmm. the uh yeah, as far as uh, a, a song that's self-aware of itself, yeah, where it's not like, well, I gets the girl in the end, where it's like, no, it's like, okay, maybe I'm kind of mess- messing up a little bit, but hopefully something works out at some point. Like, okay, every once in a while, it's nice to get a non-conventional, yeah, kind of girl, girl or boy meets girl song. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Alex, any thoughts on this? Or did you snooze your way through it? Yeah, I don't think I really have any notes on this one. <laughs> it, 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 it was, and it is, yeah. <laughs> and it will forever that's, that's be. That's totally all right. I How about don't. yourself? Um, definitely a departure, a bit of a creeper song, uh, too much in the 70s, gets in the head, but I want oh, to yeah, move right, into the future. The yeah, that that's right. about it. That's about it. Well, you know what? I'm going to be jumping in with an example from 1988 in the next song, so... I've got see a bit of see that's what I don't hold. get about this album though. It's just like you're either ahead of your they were just not quite ahead of their time. They're all over Maybe. the temporal map. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, it. They have no idea where to throw that dart. So let's close this thing out. No time this time. Stupid vocal effects here. I just can't. oh, thank you. I'm glad. <laughs> I, I, you said I just that. can't. I, I will say it works in the pre-chorus where they're all harmonizing together. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. That rocks a little bit. Um, but the rest of it, it just sounds like it's just like it's just all like yeah, it's like it's just cracking everywhere, and you just feel like you're getting punched in the yeah, <laughs> just right hooks like yeah, just coming at you. And yeah. I, Why do they have to turn it on the whole song? Oh, I know that's the thing, and, and, and of course, the one time you have a really like normal like rock guitar solo, and it's in a song that I'm just like, oh god, just nah. yeah. I read this. <laughs> so what? The, this this was the B side, so lonely, and they decided to put it on this record. But, I, but then I read that they were considering re-recording Fallout because they didn't have enough material. So they put this on there instead of Fallout. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'll, I'll save my. Uh, I mean, I, I appreciate I, I appreciate them ending the song with uh, it's sort of like the what is it the roses and white lace where you're ending the album with a little bit of uh, a burn with a little like, bit of energy fast, here, yeah. but yeah, I mean this is not like horrible, but yeah, I don't know about this one. Like a lot of these songs, I, I guess like objectively you listen to it, it's like yeah, I could find stuff that is like impressive here, but it's like. Would I, if I'm going to go back to this album, like, what what do I want to listen to if I want to put on this on album? Walk, walking on the moon. Uh, walking on the moon. There's, like, maybe, you know, six, six songs or something that I'd go back to. Yeah, and the, yeah. Yeah, I'll go ahead. back to this one. I like a burner. And, and you know, those vocals uh, remind me. No. <laughs> very, yeah, yes, I will. And you won't stop me. It reminds me so strongly of uh, another band. Um, I, I know it's nowhere near and it is pretty sloppy, but I hear a lot of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you know that's a, they're on another tier especially at that time but 
You know, it's got a little Michael Anthony sound. It's just not good, but I like it. Compare those two. Yeah, is it isn't it supposed to be kind of? I mean, it's supposed to be a little loose. It's not mind it. It gives me a little bit of that first album vibe. Like but. I said, I I like the pre-chorus a lot. I like it when they're all singing together. I think that's where you know, where the where that where that uh, that effect works to uh, to its advantage. But that's it, one moment out of like how many minutes is the song? What three or four minutes of? It, it's another one of those songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, it could have used a little kick in the butt. On no, the no, that, that was the part. It was it, it was yeah. just yeah. Somebody need to rein it in. <laughs> Yeah. Or, I maybe, think or maybe drum, a kick in the butt, maybe a maybe a negative kick. A in little the butt, faster, yeah, like, like it's the kind of song that you want to like, like yeah. the whole like I'm a, like on fire or um you know oh, just that that, that word just like <laughs> pushing to the or uh, Come on. That, you know, just the what you know what I mean though like where you, you push the song to the absolute limit like to where those the, the the wheels are just about to come off but just the axle they're like the nuts are just holding them on the axle. No, yeah, but there's you no just stuff take the band the, and you just make them doors. you know the groceries are spilling out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It just yeah, it the just, car may be intact, but there's still yeah, there's still collateral damage. Yeah, it's kind of like like John Coltrane's impressions, where it's just like take a song and let's just play it as fast as we can. And this song sounds like maybe eighty percent of their speed. So maybe if they you know you know snorted a few lines of coke and played this live, and there would be some version on YouTube that I could experience with this one at yeah. you know twenty five percent faster. I feel like, faster, I feel like probably great. is. They played a lot of stuff very fast back then, faster than studio versions. So I would be surprised. <laughs> Well, I'll have to look that one up because I think that that might do this song a little bit better, along with "It's All Right for You." Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah that, that's right. that's one where like, yeah, you'd maybe want to like see live, and they would have some fun with this one. But just like on the studio, the studio version, it's fine. But it's like, I don't know, there wasn't as the hook like wasn't as memorable no. to me. But no, not enough to repeat it as often as they do. Right, either. right, so. Yeah. They got All that right. in their head from message in a bottle too. We're just gonna send out this SOS about twenty times. Yeah, they they they're a little bit uh, two albums in. I'm getting a little bit offended by I just, their. I just found out. The, I just found out that Anthrax covered this song. Oh, that would be interesting go. to listen to. Oh, Hang on, okay. no <laughs> I'm sure Mark's pulling that Anthrax. up right now. As uh, speak. I might check that out. I think it's worth hearing on the show. I can see as long as they pull up the. I mean, if it, yeah, if it's just. Uh, I just saw Anthrax the other day. They're great. Oh, let's go. It doesn't want to load. I guess that's a sign. Don't you want to get to? Yeah, went in some. Uh... I, I want to hear the ah ah parts. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little yeah, too, not, yeah. I'm not impressed. Chris, save this. Save this. Give us some trivia. All right, Seven for the go. buy. First yeah, one first, to yes. three correct answers gets an extra buy or terminate for the love it or flush it. All right, here we go. You guys ready? All right. I'm going to start out with a multiple choice question. All right. Uh, which one of these songs uh, was not collectively credited to the whole band? Uh, was it A, It's All Right for You? B, Regatta de Blanc, or C, Death Wish? Oh, I, I think that was Alex. You're, you're saying what song was not credited the whole band? Correct, yeah, where they were not all credited as songwriters on the song. I believe it's It's All Right For You. You are correct. Oh, yeah. I knew that. There we go. Well, you said you knew that one, Kev? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, question number two. I got a true or false here. Um, both message in a bottle and walking on the moon, uh, moon both reached the top spot on the UK singles charts. True or false? That was Mark. Um, no, that is false. Uh, no, it's true, actually. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Right out of the I gotta box. brush up on my UK singles charts, that's for sure. Yeah, I knew that was kind of, uh, yeah. <laughs> they both hit number one. Right. There we go, yeah. <laughs> He's out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> charts okay. just stop with the charts. <laughs> yeah, right out like of the brick box. wall. I know. One, one day, one day he will get one. He will just have to. <laughs> we'll just have to hope. Yeah, he'll get one of those chart questions. Um. All right. Uh, question number three. Uh, Sting got the idea of walking on the moon from something Stuart Copeland had said. Uh, that the new girlfriend he was with uh, made him feel like he was walking on the moon. Oh, I want to punch in. Was that Alex? Yeah, sorry. It was, it was me, yeah. and uh, that is false. That was not the inspiration for the song. You are correct. Uh, yeah, it came out of a, a drunken stupor that Sting was in, um, where he was uh, walking around the room was actually the original title, but he thought that sounded too stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah, so, uh, but there was, I think, also a connection with uh, Sting's girlfriend, yeah, but... Uh, Okay, Alex is yeah. He's not. Uh, he's got two. He's not, gonna, he, he's not gonna let me get away with it uh, this tonight. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe this is. Uh, we'll see if this is a doozy. Okay. All right. In which of these countries did the album not reach number one? <laughs> All right. Was it A. Australia, B. The Netherlands, C. Canada, or D. None of the above? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let Chris uh, pick the marbles for this because I don't want yeah, to stay out of this one. Chris, right. get the marbles. Okay, uh, do I have the marbles here? You guys might be. Uh, I don't know. I do. I've got a marble. <laughs> a marble. <laughs> I don't have any marbles within yeah, range. Wish I could flip a coin. That would be a lot easier. Um, okay, what I'm gonna do? Okay, without damage. I got it. I got it. I can. Damage, I can do it. I can do yeah. a coin flip online. Okay. Oh, he's going right. to do a randomizer? Okay. okay. Yeah, all right. So uh, I'll do heads, uh, and... heads Kevin, uh, okay. Tails, Alex. Okay, I'm flipping, and it says Tails. Alex, I'm Alex. sorry. I knew it was going to be me. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, since I have to answer, could you at least repeat the question? Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, in which of these uh, in which of these countries did the album not reach number one? Was it Australia, A, B, Netherlands, C, Canada, or D, none of the above? You know what? Those multiple choice tests. When it's ever it's none of the above, and you don't know the answer, you might as well just go with that. Something tells me it is that because, uh, well, no, I think this record did pretty well. Um... Just go with what yeah, I don't just go with whatever choice you think would be. You know yeah. what? I'm going to go with uh go with Canada. See? Oh yeah. man, you are correct. Ding ding ding. Oh, oh wow. That's oh. Oh. deserved ding ding ding. Rush was probably winning Alex. that one. Yeah, that was uh that was a righteous uh, kill there uh Mr. Rackow. That wow. was uh, I'm, I'm That was impressed. pretty good. That was a guess. That was a total <laughs> yeah. guess. 
Yeah, yeah, that was. My, but uh, that was the I one guess I was based. On I thought it was a uh, trick. Mark's I thought life. it was a trick with D. I was about to go D. I'm like, you know what? What if it didn't go number one in any of these? Yeah, that that one I worked <laughs> into my nuclear weapon question. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, just uh, okay. You could yeah, let's just make it as yeah as school feeling as you can. <laughs> like okay, this isn't fun. This feels like something that you'd it would be on an SAT. Well, that makes the victory that much more earned. So yes. Alex, you get the extra buy or terminate for this one. Uh, too bad I took that from you on the first record, but uh, get to it's see right. what you uh, get to pick on yeah, this one. Yeah, one record I don't want it on, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and now, love it or flush it. All right, tonight's order is going to be Mark, Chris, myself, and Kevin. Let's open it up with the number one single message in a bottle. Mark, what are we giving this one? You gotta love it. I'm not tired of it yet. Chris? Oh, I'm trying to think. What do I want to do with this one? Um... You know, I know it's kind of a uh, predictable, but this is a song yeah, that I remember, yeah, just one of the first police songs I remember hearing as a young kid. Uh, so this will be my buy, actually. Yeah, this is one of those, yeah, that was on on my playlist, yeah, like just outside of, yeah, outside of just yeah, digging into the band. Yeah, this was just a song I always loved. All right. Um, yeah, you know, I'm tempted to do that, but I feel like... I don't know. There's so many people who pick that. So I'm going to just give it a strong love. And uh, I got to think about what my second buy is going to be. But uh, it's not going to be this one. Can yeah. we try something? You could, uh, being you that could. Alex actually got uh, all three correct. He was 3-0. and oh. No, I got. I bombed out on one. I was just thinking maybe if somebody got a clean sweep, they got two extra buys. Oh, that, that we'll talk about that. I buzzed in and got one wrong, so it doesn't apply. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this a big love as well. All right. Track two, title track, Regatta de Blanc. Mark? Uh, I might be overextending myself a little bit here, but uh, I'm going to buy this one. I love the boldness. And I feel like it's a great little transition piece to, uh, um, you know, where we're going next at the place. I feel like it fits within my story, kind of just the busyness of it and the experimentation of it. Um, really fits well. I mean, maybe I'm just buying it because I really appreciate them putting a song like this so highly on the album. You know, it's like, you're going to listen to this song. Like, we are not going to bury this in the right. 9 or the 10 spot like most bands might. Right. Chris? Uh, yeah, another big love for me. Yeah, I thought uh, yeah, I corrected the mess of uh, the previous uh, closer <laughs> on the previous album, yeah. Yeah, yeah no... Uh, I agree. I'm going to give it a big love as well. I, even though, wasn't this considered an instrumental? Uh, it has because what does it say? It won a Grammy my, Award my... for Best Rock Instrumental Performance, even though there are technically vocals in it. Uh, but I guess there's not really any like specific words, so that kind of threw me off. But yeah, no, I think this is uh, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure is if a they good work. one. I'm not sure if they work on percentages as long as the other song isn't more than five or ten percent lyrics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. All right, Kev. Well, I'm going to give this a big love too, and uh, you know what? This may be the first universally liked instrumental by the Light the Sky podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, it might be. <laughs> Van Halen didn't do one. Uh, Strong out, ladies. <laughs> no, we didn't. Like they those, they, yeah, they did, did three sixteen, I guess technically. Oh, I end up. What was that? Block to the area or whatever, which is uh, three sixteen yeah, was double terminated. Yeah. <laughs> and Lucitarium was uh, loved by everybody, but terminated by me. I hated that song. Anyway, back to all the right. police. Track three. It's all right for you, Mark. Um, I'll give this a little bit of love. I, I guess. 
I pre, I mean, I guess, you know, they're not who they sound like they could be, you know, but you know, I can't take that away from them. So it's not a punk song. It's a post punk song. So it's a solid one and it gets a love. Chris. I'm kind of in the same boat as him. Yeah. Not a strong love, but, uh, yeah, I appreciate the, uh, the rhythm of it. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun, yeah, it's a fun song. Yeah. See, I'm tempted, I'm, I'm tempted to buy this one cause I got a second buy now, but it's either between this or one more. Huh. You know what? I'll I'll give it a strong love, and uh, I'll I'll think of my second buy here. But I, I happen to like this one. It's catchy, and I'm seeing it in my head right now. And it's a deep cut. I think I think it's a solid deep cut. So, Kev. Yeah, I'll give it a. Uh, I'm kind of more on the Mark and Chris side of this one. Uh, it's it's all right. No pun intended. Uh, not a huge love, but I do remember it, and I kind of like that it's a little bit more of a deep cut. So yeah, it's it's all right for other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Track four. Bring on the night, Mark. How can I not love a song uh, that is called Bring on the Night? And Chris bringing up the power of the song with the deep meaning. Um, yeah, I, I love it a lot. It would probably be a second buy, to be honest. Chris? Yeah, this was another Stocks on the Rise for me. Uh, after listening to it a couple of times and really kind of getting into what the song is about, yeah, I, uh, it went from just a kind of a slight squeeze to a big love, actually. I made quite a leap. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, Mark, I will do it for you. This will be my Great. first buy on the record. Happen to like this one. A nice, I think this is like the first real kind of reggae track that I am buying. And uh, I think it's a strong one. Uh, a lot of good guitar work, a lot of good vibes on this one. So uh, yeah, I think it's worthy to be on the playlist. Kev? Uh, Chris, nice save with this one, because this was about to get the flush for me, and you definitely brought this one up. So uh, I'm going to give this one a love. All right, Very last song on side one, Death Wish. The second song where the entire band is credited as having a writing credit on this one, Death Wish, Mark. Yeah, this is just as a side note, I'm just scrolling through the uh, Love It or Flush It history, and if... Uh, I love this song, um, which, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to, but this would be the longest uh, a band has opened the album without anyone giving it a flush or a terminate. They are 16 for 16, uh, and that has happened worse once with Queen and uh, A Night at the Opera, where they went 7 for 17. But you know what? I don't like this song too much, so I'm going to flush it. This streak ends here. Chris? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a just a light squeeze uh, because I like what they did with that uh, with that main guitar riff. Uh, they kind of embellished it a little bit for me, and I typically don't like that, but I, I did like it here. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to give it a light squeeze as well, just, just north of a flush for me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my one note for this song, bored. <laughs> All right, flip the record over, walking on the moon, Mark. <laughs> uh, I give it a, a, a solid love. I may, I'm not as high on it as others, but I can see where you're coming from. Chris? Uh, yeah, same here. Uh, yeah, Sting's vocal delivery not, notwithstanding, I, yeah, I, uh, I mean, you can't, the, yeah, the melodies are just, yeah, just ace. 
Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a love. All right, no surprise here. Give it the bye. <laughs> Favorite song on the album, longest song on the album, doesn't matter. Amazing, Kef. Well, while Mark and Chris are kind of stepping back and looking at the product, Alex and I are pushing them out of the way so we can get the latest <laughs> gadget. The Ring me up. <laughs> all, about the, all about the moon, are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Track seven, first kind of goofy track on the album. On any other day. Stuart Copeland. Written song, Mark. Yeah, Stuart, stick to the sticks. Goodbye. T or T. Uh, <laughs> I hate this song in many ways. Chris? Wow, you blew up on it. No, I can't blow this one up. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I think it's... Yeah, it's it's the it's the it's the it's the American sign of the of the goof. Yeah, so I'll uh, yeah, and I just yeah, I just love the kind of the, the tongue Chris cheek rooting around in the landfill for this one. I'll give it a light squeeze. Uh, this one, after listening to it, it, it started to to work in my brain. It's weird, but I started to kind of get it. It's like a peanutsy type track, and I appreciated that. Pick peanuts over this, definitely, but it was it wasn't that bad. So, Kev. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Pretty much exact sentiment, Alex. So, light squeeze for me. All right, track eight, the last single on the album, The Bed's Too Big Without You. Mark, what are we giving it? Um, this one is so forgettable, so F for forgettable and F for flush. <laughs> Chris? I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna flush it. Uh, it is a very dark song. It's not a song I went back to, but I I liked their take on a darker side of reggae. Um, and this was actually one of the trivia other trivia questions. Actually, this is about um, I think Sting's first girlfriend who com- uh, committed suicide. I guess after they had broken up. Uh, so oh again, another song with a deeper meaning. But uh, I uh, but yeah, again, it's yeah, it's I'm only gonna give it a light squeeze. It's not something that I because it just it's too kind of. Negatively vibey. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I unfortunately, I'm sorry seeing that that happened, but uh, it's not going to save this one tonight. Yeah. Uh, this one's getting to gaff. Thank you. Yeah. I can't believe that this was picked as a single, to be honest with you. It it blew my mind so it automatically. It has its own Wikipedia page. A hand is on the <laughs> flush. All right, track nine, Contact. It's all it takes. Uh, <laughs> Mark, <laughs> what are we giving this one? Um, probably the lightest of squeezes. Uh, I will say that that bass line, that a boom, 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 you know, that part there, it just kind of, it's got like this red mist quality to it that just kind of sends you in a rage. And I kind of <laughs> like music that affects you like that. So that's uh, enough just to say it's two minutes, 38 seconds. Anybody <laughs> want to join yeah, I, me? Yeah, I, I'm not going to... So it's me now, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to flush this one. Yeah, Peter Gabriel did it better later, three years later. And this is probably the one song on here I just don't remember a lot of it. Yeah, it just did not stick with me. 
I, I, I'm going to give this one the lightest of squeezes solely because of the kind of alien-esque vibes, even if I don't even know if that was intentional. But I appreciated Andy Summers' uh, guitar playing on this one. So uh, just just squeaking by. Kev? Yeah. God, I can't even remember this song. Yeah, but I remember um, liking um, the... Oh, yeah. So this is the one I liked the instruments, but I said melodies are dreadful. Um, I will, uh, I guess I'll join in the light squeeze because I'm going to have a flush parade otherwise. So yeah, light <laughs> squeeze. All right. Track 10, does, every, does everyone stare? Mark, what do you think? Uh, I actually like this one quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. this is a, the better of the movement, the automatic watch movement, uh, uh feel of the police in this record. And uh, like the the way the the chords move, it's almost kind of got a chordal, like a McQuay Tyner type of piano uh, bit there. So I I like this one and expect everyone else to not join me. <laughs> Chris, uh, no, well you you've got a friend in me, so no, Mark, I uh, I'll 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 give it uh, a little bit of a love. Um, oh, that's touching. Luckily, Sting comes in. I like his singing alongside the piano. Um, I thought it was. Uh, again, this isn't a strong song, but again, it was it was enjoyable for what it is. And uh, again, like I said earlier, it's one of the more self-aware uh, kind of boy meets girl songs. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'll give it a love. This is the one song in the album that I cannot think of how it goes right at this very moment in time. So it's yeah. getting the tea. <laughs> I apologize for McCoy Tyner's piano, but it's getting some C4. <laughs> okay. There it goes. <laughs> See ya. Whoops. All right. Final track of the album, a uh, an outlandish leftover coming on to this one. Does it deserve it? No time this time. Mark, what do you think? Yes, it does. Give it the big love. Ah, Chris. Uh, yeah, this has to go. Yeah, completely. Like from existence. This is where our friendship ends. <laughs> well, no, but, yeah. Yeah, there's not enough here to... Yeah, just, ugh. <laughs> yeah, this one I'm not sure on. I like the drum fills at the end. Um, I didn't hate it, but I don't know if I would so much return to this one that much. So I kinda, I'm in between a light squeeze and a flush, but at the moment it's tailing more towards flush. So let's go with that. Well, to everybody's disappointment, uh, this album is going to end with a double flush. Yeah, not, 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 not selling me on the uh, on the uh, the closers yet, yeah. But yeah, they need to work on their back halves of the uh, album. Albums, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, a little bit of a weak spot so far in their sh- very short discography. I mean, hey, we're 40% of the way through the police already. And uh, as usual, Kevin is at the least amount of love for the band. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think I'm going to go down a little bit on this. I might drop to a 6.5. Um, the strong points are not as strong as perhaps the previous album. Uh, so I'll just notch it down one anybody else got any changes uh no i'll stick with a seven yeah there's enough here to uh but not enough to bring me up to where the first record 
Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna bump up just a little bit to a six and a half. Yeah, I'll go up to a seven. From a Makes from a what was I at a six and a half? I think I'll yeah. go six and a half to seven on this one because I did end up like in on any other day and contact a little bit more than I originally thought uh, pre-show. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think our our overall numbers are a little maybe skewed. I I don't know. Well, it's only been. Well, two it's albums because so far. well, yeah, two albums, and I liked the last album, but I just the last couple of songs just got the flushes. Yeah, but the rest just made up for it. So this is not necessarily a Pink Floyd situation. Sure. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's a band that um, I mean we're we're burning through this and at speed and you know there's there's uh, you know so many of the comments I saw on this record were that this is an album you need to listen to before you die like it's on that tier it's the you know three hundred and fiftieth best sure album out of that. five yeah yeah. Not, and I'm not, not seeing it. And, and I'm not. And I, I know I haven't kind of listened to every Police album all the way through. And obviously, it's a lot different if you're literally in the band, you're playing the songs, you wrote the songs. But I, I don't. Know, I listened to it, and I, I'm not quite sure why this is Stewart's favorite Police record. But maybe I'll listen to the other ones, and uh, maybe it'll be like a Queen two, where it's like when you listen to it on first listen before you listen to everything else, it doesn't really quite make sense. But then you come back at the very end, and you're like, oh, that one was pretty good. It is, kind yeah. of, it is kind of funny that Sting supposedly said in an interview that uh, this he considers this the album where the band clicked as far as yeah where everybody was working at full kind of uh, I suppose where their sound came well, like I, I guess yeah maybe but again it would just yeah the sound is there but the as far as this like the strength of the music isn't necessarily yeah but I don't know well I can tell you that the writing credits on the next album are Sting 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 Sting. Stuart, Sting, Sting, Andy, <laughs> Sting, Sting. <laughs> and know, the song st- titles look like it, too. Uh-huh. Yeah, the next album is, uh, you know, just one year later, 1980. And uh, again, you know, I'm, I am I hate to talk negatively about the band, uh, especially considering that anybody who is this far into the show is almost certainly a very, uh, you know, a very big fan of the band. Um, you know, as as, as Good as Message in a Bottle is, you know, the police always seem like they're one of those, you know, highly respected and Sting particularly. And, and of, of course, uh, Summers and, and Copeland just being, you know, masters of their instruments. It just I, I don't know if I'm seeing that greatness that I've seen. I mean, as annoyed as we might get by Roger Waters, there's no denying that the, the peak of Pink Floyd is some of the greatest music that was ever created in the 1970s and queen for sure metallica i mean that just defined a genre of music and van halen being one of the most explosive bands of all time yeah. i don't know that i'm seeing it yet from the police i don't know even I think the they, potential I think to reach lot, that I think, level I think people like them because they really created a sound that really didn't that's, that was hard to pigeonhole whether or not it worked like with queen across entire disco- or entire albums yeah i mean that's we're still kind of we're not quite there yet but uh, but yeah, I, uh, again, it's like, okay, you can come up with a sound, you can, you can put stuff together, but uh, can you make it work across an entire discography? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think they've done it yet here. I mean, there's some, again, I think like, I'm all, yeah. I think I'm also waiting for that. And maybe queen didn't have that as much, but for that album, that's top to bottom. Every song hits 10 out of 10 deal. Mm-hmm. And I don't think even Alex, who's probably as high on the band as anybody here, can say that they've had that yet. You what's know, that, what's so. that? 
I, 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 I think it's bottom, fair to yeah. say that so far they haven't had that top to bottom record that every song just is incredible. Right. I mean, like, I have I haven't heard every album front to back. I think right. m- most of them I have, but it's been a long time. So I, mean, I think that's just yeah, that's might, just what I'm be, waiting for. Yeah, it might be the first record for me. It might be the closest they got, but there are there are some that I need to revisit, and it could very well change. But yeah, I think I agree with you. Well, it's definitely you know not yet. Let's yeah. revisit it uh, next week with Zenyatta Mandata. Uh, we will uh, see you then. That right. and, yeah, I think so. 1980. Yeah. It's the 80s. Time to do a lot of coke and vote for Ronald Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>